0: So, hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Saddlecast. with myself, Glenn Price, and my uh, partner in crime again, Ollie Warner. How are you, Ollie?
1: Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks.
0: Good, good, man. Um, Obviously, we were here again, uh, only a few days after the last podcast, and we we covered all of Christmas last week, but... um, we got the one game to cover this week, and quite a mad game it was again. Uh, Swindon One, Shrewsbury One, which we'll, we'll delve into in some detail in a minute. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting day, wasn't it, Ollie? We we sort of sat by each other for the second time this season, and I think we've decided we probably shouldn't sit by each other again because we sat by each other at Bury and away at Swindon, and both times each team's had a player sent off, which is quite unusual. So I think we're already thinking there might be a curse of the Saladcast there. So yeah, maybe we'll have to split ourselves up from now on, Ollie.
1: Yeah, maybe, or maybe we can blame Rory. Maybe it's Rory's fault. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe. He's been to other games though and has never been to Red, so it's probably just it's probably just us though. But yeah, so it was it was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, just before we get into the game, you, you managed to sample the uh, the bar at the ground, which is would be lovely. It'd be something nice to have at Shrewsbury, wouldn't it? But um yeah, what what would you get up to in the bar before the game, Ollie, before before we get into the match?
1: Yeah, so I was um um as I live not in Shrewsbury and I'll have to make the game the way into the games on my own. So yeah, I thought I'd have a cheeky pint before the game and um yeah, bumped into <laughs> Stuart Dunn, which was pretty cool. So um had a cute conversation with Stuart on Twitter and and different things. So yeah, it was nice to meet the, our um, our very own Stuart Dunst. It was nice to meet him, and yeah, it was interesting to have a bit of a chat before the game.
0: Decent. It was a decent bar, was it? It sounded like it was
1: all right. It was a bit, a bit, a bit of a uh, bit of a box room, um, like fairly decent size. But the beer was all right. Um, there, was, there was Guinness, there was um, Peroni, and Carl, um, Carling. Quite a few different things, and there was about maybe twenty, thirty town fans in there, all having a good natter. But it, yeah, it was nice to have that option. Um, you know. Like there was a, the pub near the ground is home fans only, so I think it's really nice to have that option. Yeah, and obviously, there's just one bar man, so not that much to run. Um, and yeah, just gives them a bit of a, a bit extra income. So that was yeah. So it's um, an interesting concept, let's put it that way.
0: I had, I had the kids as you mentioned last week, Denari, and uh, so I was sampling delights. <laughs> Wind and concourse a bit too much money. that was in there an hour before kickoff, but um, yeah, they had toilet seats, Ollie. So that's impressive. They've got toilets with toilet seats, toilet
1: seats <laughs> 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 and a bar. Twenty first century stadium. Eh? <laughs>
0: uh we've already started off in negative negative. Yeah, we have. anyway. But yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was pretty pretty. pretty good day it was quite nice to sit by each other again wasn't it and uh, yeah i had quite a good time at the swimming place i went to beforehand so even if we'd be true it was it was worth the day anyway but um yeah i think we should probably probably move on to the match ollie because it was quite controversial wasn't it it? was yeah away eventually up it goes to holt he does really well this is humphrey it's 2-0, Shrewsbury
1: Town! So, the um, STFC derby um, ended in one all, <laughs> um, one all, and both ended with 10 men as well. Um, so, quite a lot to talk about. Um, in terms of team selection, um, there's a few interesting things. Um, one, that yeah. um, the three new signings all started. Right. Um, so, we had um, Rodman in the team, Toto in the team, um, and Ladapo, Ladapo, I think that's how you pronounce it. Ladapo. Um, yeah, was up front. Um, and no black. And for the very, it might be true. and Well, it probably is true or something. <laughs> but it's always very, always raises a lot of questions when they say a player doesn't play because of personal reasons.
0: Yeah. It's either something bad that's happened, which you wish him the best, if that's the case. Or yeah. you might find that later this week we were shipping Noldy and Blackout. I, I mean, if I wouldn't be surprised. Would you?
1: Um I wouldn't be surprised if there's another central midfielder coming in. I think yeah. maybe you'd need someone else to play to play in central midfield. But yeah, I think I hope, if it, if it is personal reasons, then obviously I hope we wish him the best because you know yeah. don't want any any and uh, he's just still a guy, you know, his family and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But. Um, I imagine there'll be players leaving the club. And um, yeah, I don't think you, don't think too many fan, fans would um, would cry over their milk if um, Black left.
0: No, yeah, want to keep an eye on, Ollie.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, interested in that place where we played um, 4-4-2. Um, interestingly, El Hab kept his, his place, but I guess that was almost an easy decision for the manager because Lancashire was out of a thigh injury. So, yeah. just on injuries, actually. Um, um, so, obviously, it's good that Riley's back and Wally's back. Obviously, Lancashire's got a a short injury. The only player that's obviously been long-term and still isn't back is AJ. So that's a bit of concern that he isn't Quite back yet, yeah. um, so that's something obviously to keep an eye out on. So what
0: about Grimmer? Where was Grimmer? So
1: Grimmer, um, yeah, he's still injured, isn't he? He's still on his yeah, way. I, I think, think he's is. on his. I think it must. Be, I don't remember if he's on his way back or not. But interestingly, you mentioned Grimmer actually because Fulham are doing pretty well at the moment, and they, they think they won again in the FA Cup. Yeah, so like um, that bodes well for us potentially now to keep him. So that's could potentially a good thing.
0: Yeah, I think well, well he's here to the end of the year,
1: isn't he, anyway? Is he in the end of the year anyway? Okay, I'm pretty sure did he is. Did you have yeah. a call back on that? Yeah, I don't know the details. The anyway. big
0: rumor is the big rumor. He's bought a house in Shrewsbury, isn't it? Everyone always tells you that. Grimm has bought a house in Shrewsbury, so whether we keep him past January, I'm pretty sure he's on a, on a year-long loan anyway this year, but more a case of, you know, will we sign him in the summer? I'd be quite happy with that, but there you go. Yeah, Who knows? We're be. wobbling on, aren't we? We should be talking about the game. We so, are. yeah, go on, Ollie. So,
1: three, three big things from the game. So, firstly, with <laughs> um, Toto, was it a pen? Was it a red? So there are two big questions. And then the, the third big question was, it, was it over the line? So a lot of debate has been had uh, between Shrewsbury fans at the game and then after the game, watching the highlights back. So um, so obviously, yeah, people know.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, Ollie, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it, in that respect, is that um, I think people at the game saw things very differently to what it looked like on replays, isn't it? But, and we're going to come to that in a minute. But mine, your first initial view of all of those incidents is probably a bit different to what we think now, having seen replays, so it falls somewhere in between. But yeah, it's quite... Quite interesting
1: that it looked so different on TV to what it looked at in the heat of the moment, really. But we'll, we'll
0: come to that as we go through the
1: game. Yeah, so the, so I guess probably the start off. of the game, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty poor pretty poor <laughs> game. Lack of quality from both teams and kind of both teams slogging it out. And the ref kept stopping the game for little niggly fouls and stuff. So there was a lot of possession from Swindon, but they didn't really threaten and we held our shape pretty well. And I guess really, as I put in my notes, the game was kind of defined... With um, like the first half, what can we say about the first half? <laughs> <laughs> There's not boring. much to really comment on. Yeah, there was a, that good run from Rodman, wasn't he? He had that interesting run, yeah. which was um, exciting to see. Um,
0: so, Lukwida made made the only save, didn't he? In the, in the first half, really. Yeah, where he did. They got in, um, and he sort of the guy tried to hit it low across Lukwida, and he actually made a really good save. He stuck a leg out at it. His hands were the other side of the goal. Yeah, he? and he stuck a leg out, and the, the deflection took it, and it just looped away with the bar. So. We were lucky not to go 1-0 behind. That was that was a really good save, to be fair. And then our best chance was, I think um, I think it was Riley put a really good cross in and Sadlow sort of looped a header up and it, it was falling just into the, the top of the goal. It was never going to go in and the keeper just palmed it over. No. But really, they were the only two chances in the entirety of the first half. And, it, and you're right, it was two very poor teams down the bottom of the league, really slugging it out and very workman-like from town. Very, very disjointed from Swindon, but there was a lot of errors.
1: There was a lot of errors, wasn't there? And the, the first half started to build um a lot of um, disgruntled Swindon fans, which yeah. I'm sure we'll mention later on as well. But um yeah, not not too much to talk about in the first half. Is there anything else you want to mention there, Glenn, before we kind of go on to the second no, half? No,
0: not really. Yes, I say most most of the exciting stuff happened in the second half. Um one of my general general whinges for the for the whole game and and a note we had a question from um I mentioned him last week, didn't I? Andy Groundow on Twitter about corners asking us about what we thought about corners, and I think we'll probably just cover this now. If anyone wasn't there, we had 12 corners, and Riley took most of them, and then Rodman took a couple, I think, and then Wally had one or two at the end. And all 12 of them were absolutely dreadful corners. We didn't create a single chance for them. We we, we had like four or five of them hit front post, cleared away easily. We had about four or five of them well over here. And that was a real frustration, because to be fair to town, they did work quite hard, and, and as I said, workmen like to win corners and create some chances. And, and you, you'd imagine with 12 corners that you'd create one opening, and we really, really didn't in some respects, so that was a bit of a frustration for me, and, and, and just sort of a feedback to the question really was, what were the problems? Everything. It was just the, yeah. straight up the delivery.
1: I mean, There's a stat I remember There's was this um, statistical book on um, on football that I read. Oh, I think I read half of it, and need <laughs> to finish it actually, and one of them was that... Um, only eight, or, I remember, eight or nine corners result. You need basically one in eight or nine corners, result in a shot on on goal. Yeah. So obviously we didn't. We were below average in terms <laughs> of that because we didn't create any chances on goal. No. Um, but no, and it wasn't just it wasn't just that we weren't attacking the ball. Yeah, the the ball in the first place was terrible. And there's a few times we, um, I know both of us had a bit of a winch about Riley. But um, yeah, it's. I don't know whether they've not been working on the training ground. They've been focusing more on defence, but it's definitely something for a room for improvement.
0: Mm. I don't remember Riley taking many corners this season. Anyway, maybe I've just not been paying attention. But yeah, he has taken them before. I've yeah. noticed that. Oh well, well there we go. Something they definitely need to work yep. on, though. And as I say, in response to that question, it was just it was just poor, really. But um, and again, yep. before we move on to the second half, I think it's probably because obviously Toto didn't last very long into this into the second half. It's probably worth talking about Toto. I'm going with Nasala again. And and his first half performance because that was really what we can judge him on this week and, and really what did you think of what did you think of the way that he played?
1: Um, well, straight away before the game started, we were commenting on his presence. Yeah. So he's a very big lad, um, and he's got a bit of pace about him, and he won quite a few balls and had a bit more of a presence, and I felt a. When they had a few corners as well, and I felt a little bit more assured that there was at least you know someone to mark their 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 biggest threat, because um, they had um, seven corners in the game, so you know there was a few for us to defend there. Um, I don't know. I thought he, he didn't really shine. Um, well, he did later, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't really too much you could say about him. He's pretty solid, pretty uneventful until um, the fifty fifth minute. But yourself, Glenn, what's your thoughts? I think on that, I
0: think that's totally fair. Ollie. He was he was solid, wasn't he? Without being spectacular, and I think. We'll come on to the other lads as well, but I think that's my summary for all of them, really. Solid, that being spectacular and probably more there for all three of them to show us. But, um, um, yeah, for for me, it's just nice to have a bit more of an imposing presence at the back. He looks quite powerfully built, but he's not big and and sort of cumbersome, like maybe a grandison in some respects. He's much more live, as you can see from way through himself into that tackle. But, yeah, he's obviously still probably going to make the odd error here and there, and he's not going to be, you know, a brilliant championship, premiership defender. He's going to make mistakes. But I, I just, I'm more comfortable with that height at the back. And he also felt... I know we did cough up a couple of half chances from corners again, and you started to worry about the way that we've been dealing with corners still being there. But it did feel like he won a couple of headers and did sort of secure us a little bit more in that respect. So yeah, I, I was I was as pleasantly surprised by the way he played and in, in the first half. And obviously, we'll talk about what happened in the second half and um, where he was slightly harsh. But um, yeah, in all, that's really all I can really think about in the first half. That's worth covering. It was it was pretty dull. Swindon were awful, and and so were Town in some, in some respects. So it was probably worth moving on to the second half. volley
1: Yep. So um, in the second half, fifty fifth minute, not great defending from Town. No. Um, and Swindon break, Um Luke Viler comes out and tries to tackle um, the striker, but does it a bit meekly, he's a bit half hearted. Um, the ball kind of Luke goes pat beyond the ball, um, and the defence come back. And then Toto goes in for a challenge, mm. um, and he wins the ball. And we thought he win the ball when we were sitting and watching it. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of. So if the it's hard to describe, isn't it? Because the, when people watch the highlights, you're kind of watching it from it's on your left hand side at an angle. Well, we were watching it from the right hand side at the same kind of angle. So you know, di- diagonally across the pitch. Um, at the time, um, it was quite far away, but you could clearly. See, I at the time, we both thought. Um, that he went in two-footed, didn't we? Because that's what it looked like from our angle. Um, And he won the ball, but from my point, it looked like it was a dangerous challenge. And um, I know there was quite a Not everyone agreed with what we thought. Um, Not that we are having a debate on the the terrace or anything, but obviously you heard people talking. And yeah, I thought it was a fair read and um, a reckless challenge. And my thoughts went to all those comments we heard from the olden... Sorry, yeah, the Grimsby and the Oldham fans.
0: Yeah, they said that he was quite rash in the tackle, didn't they? And and I say, you're right. It it was... I mean, just going to the goal before we talk about that incident in a bit more detail, but he actually made the first mistake if you look at the highlights again. And and the ball sort of bounces in midfield and the guy just hooks the ball over. And if you look at Nasala, he's not... He's not close enough to his man and he lets him get the sort of five yards on him, which, which is not great to start off with. And then, you know, he knows he's made that mistake. And that's probably why he's dived in there to sort of try and show that he's trying to make up for that mistake. But when it went and look, Lutweiler, to be fair to Lutweiler, he haired he out. Did he need to come out that far? Maybe not. I, I suppose he thought he could see them coming and, and there was danger. He he smashed into the ball as hard as he could, because you heard the bang from where we were sitting. And we were down the other end of the pitch. But I I say it's slightly harsh on Wilder the spin of the ball and the way it fell for Swindon it was just unfortunate to be fair to that one, he was going so fast that he just couldn't stop and turn around could he? he just he kept going so do
1: you think he went do you think he went in hard? I I, think I he don't did. know I never felt I didn't think really he did he in yeah hard. interesting
0: yeah I I mean it was it was one of those ones where both both boots hit the ball you know at the same time yeah. exactly like that that's why it stopped pretty much stone dead if he'd have been one second quicker he'd have cleared that ball if he'd have been one second later he'd have missed it so it was all. Fine margins, Ollie. But um, you know, sometimes we moan about Wilder not coming off his line and mopping things up like that, and coming out to claim things. And then when he does, he he gets to made made to look like that. So I doubt he's gonna be, doubt he's gonna do it again anytime soon. But when it comes to the challenge, you were completely right. We both thought it was a red card, and we sort of said straight away. But not all town fans did. There was quite a lot of sort of people being no. apoplectic about it. But you just put that down to sort of blue tinted spectacles sometimes. But maybe they saw something we hadn't. But um, it looked like yeah. Actually, I've just spectacle. watched it again.
1: You're yeah. right. You're right. Um, Luke Viler does go in quite hard, actually. Yeah, yeah. And um, they both, he bounces over the back of the ball because they're both going so hard. So, yeah, yeah I stand corrected. And, and actually, your description of the um, how it happened in terms of um, Toto being kind of lobbed was very accurate as well. So, well done, yeah. all, <laughs>
0: that's <all> right. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned something over the seasons, I tell you, mate. Um, so, yeah. Exactly, but, yeah. But the, but the challenge, there we go. Well, the challenge was the challenge, wasn't it? And the referee has seen it as a dangerous tackle. And I think, you know, who knows quite what a view he had of it. And from where we were looking initially, it looked like a red. However, as we've said, looking at the replays later on, no way is that a red card. And it's certainly, certainly yep. not even a penalty. You know, he's won the ball. Um, so, to me, very unfortunate for him. And it's a really disappointing way to end your debut, isn't it? Because I said he'd been good enough in the first half. And he did, if he'd have played like that in the second half, we probably would have been saying, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. That's exactly what we need. But um, he's going to be suspended for three games now, isn't he? So, it doesn't really start you off in fine fashion. And he's already had a few reds this season. So, it does... Does also add to our discipline problem, which we'll come to
1: again later. Yeah, it'd be interesting if um if we appeal and what happens with appeal. I mm. actually heard something um well some people might think it's not that interesting, but um <laughs> there was um a referee on um, Five Live this afternoon t- um talking about um how referees are kind of like observed now well they used to have an assessor used to watch them and talk to them after the game about their view of their performance Mm. but now they just apparently get an email with yes or no whether they made the right decision Um, and and they were saying that what this does is it puts pressure on the, um, the referees to kind of you know they get criticized and they get a bonus and their score and their ratings all on maybe how many decisions to get right so i almost and what this this former ref i think it was mark Halsey, was saying that it puts pressure on referees to to book players because if they don't give the book in then they'll get criticized and they'll lose points yeah where obviously obviously managing the game and managing you know you almost you do want the referees to manage the game on a game-by-game basis, you know, if it's a bit tight and everyone's fighting and stuff, you know, you kind of want them to have that kind of, that flex to kind of manage the game as they see fit. Um, and yeah, it just feel like there's a lot of yellow cards and it was interesting that Paul Hurst made the comment that it felt like an academy game and that the the referee was calling for a lot of, you know, soft fouls and yeah, I don't know. It does seem like that. And we've had quite a few of them, haven't we, this season now? And we've had, like, obviously the Sheffield United sending yeah. off and... Um, Quite a lot of bookings, and we'll come back to discipline later with Paul Hurst's comments. But yeah, it was never a red, was it? Watching back, I was, um I watched it. And it, was, it was clear from the first time you watched the highlight. It was never a red.
0: But as I say, it's one of them things, and it? It's quite interesting how people see things differently on, on a match day, and it's nice to be able to view replays of things the next day. Which be out and we should be town now, and I used to be able to do that when I was a kid. So there we go. I think we've, yep. we've covered that when he was most unfortunate, and that, that changed the game. Then, so you know, if there was three, I think we talked before, Ollie, about there being three segments to the game. As you said, there was it. The 11 versus 11 game, which was pretty dull. Then there was the 10 versus 11 game, which we were second best in, weren't we, Ollie? We really retreated. Um, Brown went back to left back, Sadler sat in center back, um, Dodds drift, drifted out onto the wing, and, uh, and poor old Freddie just got isolated up front on his own and was completely out of the game. And we had maybe one counter attack, but for that period, between I'm trying to look a minute now, it was between 56 and uh, when did they get their red card? 70. That that period. We did well not to go a couple more behind, didn't we? They, they had a couple of half chances yep. and sniffs, but they still weren't a brilliant team. And, you know, even against 10, they were struggling. In all honesty, they were pretty pretty bad against 10 men. And, and we, we manfully defended well during that period of time. So there was no real sort of standout chances for either team during that section, was there?
1: No, it was, it was, a, it was a frustrating part of that game. And we thought, oh, just, just like deja vu again. You know, yeah. Again, travelled away from home, player sent off, losing. Um, classic time performance um, (laughs) and what we thought was going to be a, um, I I thought, did you think we were going to lose at that point of the game? you think that was going to be one nil defeat?
0: I turned around to you at one point and said four losses on the bounce. That's not ideal, is it, Holly?" But little little we know what um, rest of the game had in store for us because there was still lots to go through. So we we managed to get through to 70th 70th minute and a couple of minutes before that, that Jay Brophy had just got a book in for something pretty innocuous, hadn't he? And then about a minute or two later, it could even have been less than a minute, I think he, um, um, Freddie got the ball probably the best thing he did in the whole game a little bit of direct running um, and he actually put him under pressure and the Brophy just pulled him back really soft foul in all honesty it was a, it was the sort of most minor of touches but um, in all seriousness when you're a booking you just don't take the risk do you so referee came over and seemed quite happy and quite quick to be evening it up 10, 10 a side so it does make you wonder whether he sort of had, had a bit of a word from a linesman or something by the earpiece to say you might have got that red wrong for Nasala. so don't
1: know, but he was—he was very keen to do it though. Um, yeah, it's interesting though. I disagree with you. I think. Um oh, really? I thought it was a yellow because he fouled him multiple times, and also he was in quite a dangerous area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I thought he'd. He. I think he even nutmegged him. He was past him, and then he was running into the box, and he pulled him back. Mm. So yeah, I, th- I thought yellow there was quite fair. I think maybe the fact that it was so quick because it was the next play, wasn't it? Um, where we got booked again. Yeah. Um, which is just young i don't know if he's a young player or not but he looked quite young and yeah it just seemed like a bit of a, a silly thing to do and obviously um then and then obviously then kind of created the third phase of the game when it was 10 v 10 which we completely um which i think definitely said we dominated
0: yeah definitely from seventh minute onwards we were the best by far the best team um which is in keeping with our current form at the moment isn't it where we play all our best football in the last 10-15 minutes of a game so i wasn't surprised to see us you know picking up the pace then um and obviously we'll come to the subs in a minute but yeah, the, the Brophy challenge was, was daft in some respects and, and definitely, definitely yep. to, to go down to 10 men as well. Um, and then we had a free kick from that, didn't we, which we just put over. And then there was a couple of other incidents. There was um, Freddie had the one and only chance he had in the whole game, didn't he, where sort of the ball fell to him yeah. on the left-hand side of the box and he probably should have done better with it. But should have got it, that on target, should Should have got it on target, but it took a deflection, didn't it, Ollie? And we got a corner from that. Yeah. Um, so quite how much the deflection changed. It's not on the highlights I've seen. It's probably on the extended highlights. But um, that was sort of his only chance, really, of note in the game, which which didn't really help him. He didn't really have much of a chance to shine in some respects. Um, and then there was also another chance at, at 10 versus 10 where they got in one-on-one and Sadler made that last-minute challenge. Um, and yeah. I, I turned around to you and said, if it was if it was 11 versus 11 and nil-nil, we'd probably give a penalty away there. But in all fairness to Matt Sadler, it sounds like, it, you know again, i am not seen the replay of this, but it sounds like he made an absolutely brilliant tackle with, with the man in on Lutweiler and just nicked the ball away from him, diving tackle in the box, so risky. Um and the Saddler of old might have might have messed that up, but actually the way he's playing now executed it perfectly, so he deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah, it was good. Um it was a, yeah, it was a little bit of obviously the Sunderland of uh, Sunderland, but yeah. So the Swindon fans were um yeah, up in arms about that and they they clearly yeah. th- thought it was a uh, was a was a foul. Yeah. Um I don't yeah, I'm watching it back again. I think he probably got something on the ball and the manager seemed quite convinced that he had he normally watches those things back, doesn't he, before he comes on on air. So um um yeah it sounds like he did a good a good one there and then obviously um Wally has this point we were just maybe mention um Wally's impact so well yes. so Wally Wally whatever he's called um, <laughs> the fans were calling for him he came on in the 77th minute and he had a good impact didn't he with his with his running um, and his quality with the ball yeah
0: i thought he was i thought he was excellent i think it was probably he's had some really good impacts off the bench and, and been really impressive but i thought he was absolutely Excellent, with with the additional space afforded to him with only 10 men on the pitch for either team. He really, he really took it to him and and that direct running was was superb. Um and I, it's my biggest frustration with him is that he, every time he comes on, he's impressive and the fans call for him. And then every time he starts, he's just a level off that, which is a real frustration for him. And yeah. my, my main question would be you know, he's he's had that impact for 15 minutes, but when it comes to next week, who would you start? Would you start Rodman or would you start Wally on the wing? Because it's interesting, Rodman was working when like didn't really create too much and, and and but Wally's obviously more direct and, and maybe can unlock a defence. So it's quite it's quite good for Paul Hurst to have what he wanted now, which is a choice for the wingers. Do you know what I mean? It's not a, a slam dunk yeah. that we we, you know, place some players in a position they're not comfortable with. He's got a straight up choice between Rodman and Wally and hopefully that bit of competition can really bring those twos on because it looked like Wally was miffed to you know, I'm not saying it looked like it, but Wally could have been miffed to have been dropped because the new guys come in and so he's coming onto the pitch to, to prove his worth. So
1: yeah, and maybe that will spur them both on. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, and with um, it says a lot, doesn't it, that Robin came straight into the team, even with the manager saying he isn't fully fit yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, I would be—I'd be surprised if um, if Wally doesn't um, isn't on the bench again. Mm. Um, and to be honest. You know, against Rochdale, he wasted a lot of chances. Um, he has been injured a lot, but um, yeah, this is what we've been needed, isn't it? Those compet- um, competitive players, yeah, having a bit of pressure on them and having someone else who can take that position rather than um, yeah, being a, a, you know having to play because he wants to play four four two and there's no one else who can play there.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I, I was really impressed with Wally, and it was obviously his. Um, he won us a lot of free kicks, didn't he, in the last sort of ten fifteen minutes? And, and from one of those, it came, the goal came, and. Um, he actually stood up and took the free kick. It was probably the only genuinely good set piece we took in the entire game. He put it right into sort of the danger zone where the keeper couldn't come for it. The defence was sort of on the back foot and Sadler just managed to get high enough to get ahead on it. And from there on onwards, it was fairly controversial, wasn't it? Because obviously everyone's seen the highlights or maybe they are not and they're listening to this. But the ball hit the bar, bounced down on or behind the line, bounced back up and then bounced down the goal, the not goal side of the line and then was sort of punched away by the goalkeeper. Again, we thought, I thought personally, and then just to say the Super fans were at that end and, and we were probably about as left as you could get. So we weren't in line with the goal, but we were fairly close to it, weren't we, Ollie? And my initial view of it was that it never looked like it, the whole ball was over the line. Um, So what about you, mate?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and <laughs> I, I've never thought it crossed the line. And when the um, the linesman put his um, flag up, I was very surprised. And um, right? watching it back again, it's it's hard to watch. And hard, hard to watch. Um, It's hard to see. Yeah definitively what happened um but i if i fight to if I had to say one way or the other i'd definitely say it wasn't a goal but um, yeah. obviously it was given so um yeah fair play to the um, to the old lino
0: we've got a bit of luck finally haven't we after some other things that had happened to us in the last few weeks and that, that was the funny thing about it because everyone was really moaning about the ref and he wasn't great but in all seriousness he, he he absolutely did for swindon as much as he did for us over the course of the game it was one of those performances that was just pretty bad all in wasn't it you know Swindon Swindon yep. got as jipped by that goal as we got by our red card. Their red card was fair. So there's one controversial big controversial decision for each team. Obviously the Swindon fans will probably say, Well, we we had a penalty shout with with Sadler, which wasn't a penalty. I think after we scored, they had another penalty shout, didn't they, that was very vociferously cheered for. And I think again, reading some of the things from sort of the Swindon message boards this afternoon, they they were quite, you know, gutted not to get a late penalty as well. So all in all, it was quite funny that that goal really turned the Swindon fans, didn't it? That, that The atmosphere had been really bad. They got booed off at half-time, um, and they, they, they started sort of calling for their... I don't know if they were calling for Sherwood, Tim Sherwood to go, or they were calling for... Because he's a director of football, isn't he? And then they've got a manager. I think that's the way it works, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they were calling for the manager a lot, weren't they? Yes, they were calling for people to go. And then I think were... Tim Sherwood as well. So yeah. I think it was a bit of both.
0: Yeah, when we scored, they went mad, real booed, and then they kept booing them all the way through the end of the game, which really helped us in that... In that period where we were trying to get the winner, and it never, it never quite came, did it? We never quite got that clear cut chance in, in, in when we were one one, did we? Nothing really fell right for us. We had a, maybe one long range shot, I think I can remember, but I can't, I can't remember anything else. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, Deegan had a shot, didn't he? Yes. Um he had a long, he had a shot, which isn't, which was, I think, deflected again. But um, yeah, it was, and I yeah, I think. Um, before we try to want to steal the thunder from Paul Hurst's post-match, but one thing he does mention is, and I put this as why I thought this as well, is that if we'd had a bit more quality, you know when the Magogo had those running runs through, and yes. um, we had those counter-attacks, a better ball and a bit of composure, and I think we would have had a created a few more chances... Yeah. Um, and they would have probably have been one-on-one with the keeper as well but yeah a few poor decisions um, not making the right decision passing early or not even shooting um, yeah cost us a few chances and we could have potentially won the game but
0: but we didn't and it was and it was a strangely no. exciting end to a game that was for a majority of it pretty dull and boring wasn't it until you know we, we had our, our red even after that it was pretty dull for shooting fans it wasn't until they had their red card that our sort of it was an interesting game for us so at least the last 20 minutes was quite interesting it made it made it worth going didn't it Ollie? but um. A draw, I suppose, in, in the context of getting us out of the the the, um, the relegation zone, was probably the positive to look on for the whole game, wasn't it? But for me, it, it's in the context of a mad game like that, you can't really be too disappointed, I guess. But I, I genuinely think Swindon are the worst opposition team I've seen us play this season. And I, you know, I've seen, I must have seen us play every team now, home or away, I guess, at least once. Um, maybe not all of them, but they, they were just very, very poor, devoid of all confidence, very much like we were when we were on our really bad run under Mellon, and, and people were asking for him to go. And they still managed to get a point out of that game, which is a bit concerning for us, isn't it? So, yeah, we could have done with the three points for sure.
1: They weren't good, were they? They're not a good no. size, Swindon. Um, we weren't fantastic either, and I'm sure the Swindon fans that um, saw us probably thought, didn't think that you know much of us either. No. Um, so... Two poor sides, um, not the gross game ever, um, not one that will live in the memory, I'm sure.
0: No, no. And I guess
1: in the context of things, it was a point away from home. We did go to town to ten men, so we had ten men for um, quite a large period of the second half. So yeah. I guess it's a decent, um, decent point in that respect. The fact that they are really poor and every point counts. This just feels like a bit of a, a dropped opportunity. But I guess at yeah. least we stopped the rot. We would have bid, would have lost four games in a row and. I think we, we keep having these little spikes, don't we, of optimism. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say this was a spike of optimism, probably just no. not a downward depression, stopping the downward d- depression. But yeah, it just it just feels like we say this every game, you know, we just really, we really, really need to get a run together, don't we? Um couple of wins together you know three on the balance or something like that and would make a huge difference to our point total but also i think just to the confidence of the players because we have a good game and then you think oh we well, you know we're going to go into the next game with some confidence and it just completely disappears away the the confidence in the team is very fragile
0: i, I think that's fair enough isn't it we want to see us take a step forward you know yesterday was like a quarter of a step forward it was it was it yeah. was a slight move forward but nothing too much over the over the course of the game we weren't impressive still but uh, and that was, you know, three new players trying to knit themselves into a team, you know, centre-backs who'd never played before. So, we'll, we'll, you know, I'm I'm happy to give the town a pass on that, in, in all fairness. And and we were the team that came back. And also, it's really put Swindon under the cosh now. They turned, their fans have turned. You know, they're going to be the ones that are now, you know, struggling. And, and luckily for Shrewsbury, in some respects, we're the team, you know, actually all the people in the relegation zone deserve us, you know, deserve to give us a bit of a hand, really. Because I think we've probably set Swindon back a little bit as well. Not that they've been playing very well, but you know, the next few games for them are not going to be easy and if they can lose through on the spin and we can pick up three or four points here or there, then suddenly we're on parity with Swindon and it brings them into the mix.
1: Yeah, and, if, and if, did you hear the news as well about Wilson, who was sacked by Chesterfield today?
0: Yeah, I saw that. I, there was quite a few things happening today, wasn't there? I mean, that, that's, been, that's probably yeah. been on the card for a while, hasn't it? Because they've really, they've been struggling just as much as us, so they'll probably have their little new manager bounce now and they, they might kind of get out of trouble a little bit but they're not a great team either, are they, from seeing them play this season? Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll we'll have to see how that goes. I, I did also notice today, Ollie, just going off League One for a little bit, is that crew announced um, Dave Artel as manager, which is, which is pretty random because he was terrible for us, wasn't he, really, in general? So, yeah, Dave Doesn't Artel. Doesn't it make is you start to
1: feel old now? It does a little that bit. All bit when these happens. players that you remember seeing and managers. <laughs> <It's> not good. <laughs> it makes it? me feel old, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's not good. We are old, Ollie. There we go. We're not old, old but we're middle aged. Anyway, so I think that kind of covers the game. I would say that it was quite nice to hear the yep. fans boo them off and. Um, are we sort of scuttled out as quickly as possible. A lot possible, of chuntering you know? as
1: we came out the ground. Yeah, because we have to walk round, don't we, we have to as a, well it depends where you park but yeah. you have to you'll definitely go past some away fan, a home fans sorry when you're at Swindon and a lot of them were chuntering saying about how poor they were and it was interesting a lot of them were um, make you know having sensible conversations, you know talking about the team and stuff, and they were all talking about their own team, mm. um, and then it sounds like they're very, very frustrated. You, we we so you said ourselves, didn't we, at the game that you know Swindon fans are qu- have quite high standards in terms yeah. of special, So they talk about their style of football, which is okay. They have been a higher league club, but it is quite hilarious for a League One club expecting to have a style of play and obviously. <laughs> have success as well, so it's quite funny. Um so yeah, so yeah, kind of draw, point away from home, stop the rot, but um I don't know, maybe worth sharing the three word match reports, a couple of yeah, them just on, to kind of draft? summarise. So um we had um a couple of people Anne saying didn't lose, um Steve saying only one STFC. Um, which is funny actually. They seem to have STFC a lot more around their ground. We don't. I don't really refer to Shrewsbury as STFC. So maybe, maybe they, maybe they own that that one. Well, um, we've got Salop, haven't we? Which is
0: the, the sort of more yeah. well known sort of home found. We've got a lot of our own names, haven't we? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So people are saying showed some fight um, um, above the line. So obviously that's important. Obviously we haven't touched on that yet. We're actually out of the relegation zone. Um, some people saying it did go in so yeah there's plenty to say but it's kind of mixed uh, and it kind of summarises how we we thought about the game you know not um it was it was a bit of a funny game and there's a lot of controversial points and t- you can't really take too much from the game i think there's just a lot of work to be done still
0: yeah there's a lot, there's a lot of work to be done as i say i am um, i think i put both stfc's poor i think that about sums it up doesn't it? yeah so, there we go so what was your top three ollie what did you go for
1: yeah, so I went for um for before um, I rewatched Sadler's tackle and he does win the ball, definitely wins the ball. You can see the ball yep. change direction when he does that last cap tackle. So I'd already gone for Sadler anyway and I think that's almost as well not just for this game. I think he's been solid in the last um, few games. So that was good. So Sadler for me was man of the match. Um Riley, um really really enjoyed his performance. I thought he played really well. In, you know, both fullbacks um you know had a good game and then obviously then Sadler went to central defence and then Brown again um I thought I had a pretty solid game. He, yeah. he, he's definitely getting more confidence going forward. Um, it says a lot, doesn't it, that I've gone for three people that played fullback. that says a lot about our <laughs> attacking play. Um, and the, obviously they ain't scored from a penalty, so they didn't really create that many chances. So, yeah, they're my top three. Right, you, Glenn?
0: Yeah, Normally we're quite similar, but actually we're a bit different this week. I, I actually went for a go-go. I mean, there was a lot of ball in midfield, and, and in the actual drives forward we had, he, he played a, sort of a... a, a A sort of major role in them it always fell apart when we got out wide but I thought he just put a a big shift in in the midfield he ran and ran and ran and ran his socks off as he usually does in every game so I just appreciate the work rate that a player can put in even without sometimes being noticed for it so I thought fair play one of those weeks I ought ought to notice somebody doing that sort of thing so I went for a go-go but I'd agree with you Sadler's a great shout man of the match I went for him for for number two to be honest with you and the goal was well taken Um, he got up really high he had a fantastic game all in general and that that tackle we mentioned before so it's just you know, we say it every week now, it's one of those things, we don't like repeating ourselves in this podcast, but we have to keep saying it. he's just moved on so much from when he was really having that bad period of form, and it's just great to see, so I went for Sadler, and then I went for, just because he was the only real attacking threat for the whole game, and he only played 15, 20 minutes, was Wally, and I just think his, di- his direct running absolutely brought us back into the game, and it was his fourth run and, and drive that really gave us a chance of winning the game, so... You know, I again, I agree. I don't think he will start on Saturday, but he is an absolutely invaluable tool to have off the bench. And you know, we've had some super subs down the years, haven't we? As she's and I think Wally, if he's happy with that, and I doubt he is, he could really provide an absolutely um, beneficial boost from, from coming off the bench every week. And it's something that we're going to need going into the running and and the relegation battle. So yeah, I gave him third place for the, for the impact that he had.
1: It says a lot about doesn't it, about the other players and their impact, other midfielders, yes. um, and their lack of show. So, I you know we said this quite a long time ago another cop past about uh, when I was a bit a bit harsh and said i don't really care if the players are happy or not and <laughs> you know if we have a bit of competition in the squad and people are fighting for their livelihood and their place yeah good that's good and i think that's what um that's clearly what um Hurst wants to bring yeah. to the squad he wants that competition wants that fight you know a player comes off the bench and i guess i guess I guess what um Hurst needs to do is obviously he needs to reward those performances so people do think you know if, if I, if I come in and he's going to give me a chance and I will keep the, keep the shirt. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who starts in the next game.
0: Yeah, well, will. So you've done the usual thing, haven't you, Ollie? Ollie was telling me at the match, I'm going to give away one of his secrets, that he often goes and has a shower and listens to Paul Hurst talking on the radio, doing his post match interview. <laughs> which I said, Ollie, you, you need to, you're obviously going to have a very large electric bill if you've got a power shower or you need, to, you need to listen to it somewhere else. So obviously you listen to Paul Hurst's comments. I don't know whether you're in the shower or not this week, Ollie, but um, <laughs> yeah, what did you make of his post match comments?
1: Yeah, so it was a few, again. It was quite a good a good interview. Um, so he said um, when we we're a man down, you know, he's happy we would have taken a point. Um, he was quite clear. He came out straight away, and he was quite clear that he said, you know, Toto won the ball, never a red, single footed. Um, and again, yeah. he was saying where we started said earlier on about how you know, is this a man's game? We felt like an academy game. The ref was being really picky, um, and the goal he said he looked a bit like you see that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but. And he said also on the goal, he said he looked over, about over the line. I don't understand how he can think that from his, he was miles away, but no. he's probably just happy it went in anyway. Um, and yeah, it was interesting, two interesting things to kind of end it. So one, there'll definitely be more signings in January. He said maybe before okay. this next game, but not 100% sure. Um, and then interestingly, he's got a meeting with the FA on Monday about town's disciplinary problems. Um, oh god. So that's gonna be interesting. He said he's never been to one of those before, so that'd be interesting. But hopefully it's also a chance for him to kind of put our side across. Um he said obviously that he isn't accountable for all of them, which is kind of true, but he's also still the Street Town manager now, so yeah, he obviously has yeah. to take accountability for, for for the performances now and um yeah, I guess that's a, just a, a, a ticking off and the FA will probably tell us off for getting players sent off. Which is, we'll obviously be like, well, yeah, we don't want our players being sent off either. So, we'll um, just see what happens there.
0: <laughs> I bet he was miffed when, when we had another red card in the game on Saturday then, because he knew he was going to a meeting with the FA. <laughs> and so, like, he was going to go in there saying, well, we haven't had any red cards for a few weeks. And then he's going <laughs> to there on Monday saying, well, we had another one, yeah. Sorry yeah, about that, lads. Well, it was so, interesting...
1: Yeah, Interesting. Um, I couldn't. Um, I've found this. Um, it's quite um good actually. Because if you um use the iPlayer app on your iPhone, you can listen to BBC Shropshire wherever you are. So I was listening to BBC Shropshire through my iPhone um, in the car, and and Hearst was saying that um it was never a red. Well, obviously at this point I hadn't seen the highlights, so I thought, as Hearst being clever here and protecting his new signing. Um, so it'd be interesting if he does <laughs> that. If he does prefer his own players to the other players, so we have something to watch out for.
0: We'll see. We'll see. We won't have a choice now. It's yeah. Suspended. So yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on what comes out of that meeting. I'm sure. I'm sure we won't hear anything about it. But yeah. it'd be interesting to know what's happening. Um, so yeah, that was that. Really, Swindon. And so off, off back up the road we got. I got home in about two and a bit hours. That was alright So another away day done, Ollie. So I think we'll uh, we'll park it there. Unless you've got any other observations of
1: the match. No. Part of the thing really just to say is that um, Sadler did an interview, um, and he was really funny. Um, it was a really good interview, I watched a lot of interviews like I said before the game on Saturday I watched virtually every interview that's been posted in the last few weeks, So there was quite a few with the lone <laughs> players that come back a um, couple, of with, couple of with the new striker and um, obviously then Paul Hurst's interviews as well so I did watch a lot on, but Sadler was just really funny, he was saying how Toto's a good player, He interesting obviously pros obviously have a different view of the game and he was saying that um, right, yeah. yeah, Ladipo was really good and holding the ball up and stuff and I felt he had a he had definitely had a better presence than Tony and he looked more stronger and a bit bigger. So, yeah, that was good. And he was also saying, interestingly, saying how he was chuffed. And you could see it visibly, he was chuffed when um, the interviewer told him that we're out of the relegation zone. So that was good. And he said that That will have an impact. And also said he's enjoying how um, the management team is, you know, kind of expecting a bit of, um, you know, Expecting more from him and as a senior pro, so no, it was a good interview and worth watching if anyone's got shoes players yeah. definitely worth going watch to going back to watch that interview
0: with Sadler yeah, Sadler's earning getting a lot of fans back on side, isn't he yeah. I, I, there was a thing about it in, in the paper in the week, and it was a quote was you know i've always I, I've always said I love playing for this club, which is great. I actually really enjoy hearing players say that because you know despite how he was ropey for a few months and we probably tore a couple of strips off him, which was which was fair enough at the time. He is genuinely someone that seems to like playing. for Shrewsbury Town and there's too little of those in this day and age, particularly in the in the day and age of lone players who will, who will come in, do a job, and go away. You never you never even them again. So, let's give Matt Sadler some big praise in this podcast as as a big positive for the football club in the last couple of months because yeah, you know, I'm I'm very impressed with him, and, and hopefully he keeps it up. Frankly, because um, we need experienced pros like that in the running. He's going to be absolutely vital, isn't he? So. Yeah. There we go. So that, that's the end of the match. Anyway, um, we'll move on to Salop News now and uh, and see what we've got to talk about there. Given straight back to Shrewsbury Town as they build from the back again with Grant into the edge with Collins. Bobby Grant still going on to his left foot and shoots Shrewsbury Town straight into the league. So
1: Salop News, um, as we mentioned, obviously in the team selection for the Swindon game, we have three new signings. Um, so yeah. obviously that's... Um, yeah, we didn't expect... I wouldn't have expected to have three this far. Did you, Glenn?
0: No, it, it was quite funny, wasn't it? The way that the one... We should really mention about the um the Freddie oh god, I've forgotten a second name now. Freddie Ladapo. Whatever his next name is. Ladapo. Ladapo, yeah. Ladapo, yeah. <laughs> Ladipo, yeah. <laughs> um obviously uh Tan let the cat out of the bag a little bit with that one by accidentally releasing a video on YouTube talking about him signed and then they didn't announce he'd actually signed until the day later and, and obviously it was already being reported by the BBC. So that wasn't great, was it? That was a bit of a mistake. So that's Shifu Tan's mistake of the week, but it wasn't a major one this week, so we'll let them off. But um yeah, so I, were we were expecting three. I I mean, I probably was, to be honest with you. I do not really see the point of hanging about at this stage of the game. He wants them in as early as possible. So if they were there and the deals could be done, fair play to Hurst. I'm, I'm glad he's got them in. I'm glad they've got a game under their belt. Um, it's all going to help going forward. So got one in every position, really, a sort of defender, a striker and a midfielder. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where else the, the new players come in, because we've obviously talked last week about, you know, we'd be happy to have one anywhere, wouldn't we? But, you know, we probably still need another striker, because we're going to we're going to talk about, well, I've mentioned it now, Waring's just... Or recording this on Sunday night, Waring's just tweeted out that he's left the club now and sort of thanking Shrewsbury Town for his time there. So, one out at strike in berth, it, it seems like we might be getting another striker in. So, yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye out for it this week, Wally, because you know, as you said before, Hurst said there'll be more signings, just a case of when.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it was not a surprise that the Waring's gone. Um, we did well in um and when Danny Coyle was a manager, and especially away at um, Walsall, I thought that was his best game by far. Um, so yeah, good luck to the lad. Um, and then Seb, well. Not really much to say about him as though he had that one game where he started at home and he had a good game and did a bit of a shift away at Sheffield United, but... Yeah, the fact that we don't, especially as AJ is always injured, and obviously it's not good that he's injured, but it's a bit of a concern, we don't actually have any strikers um, on our own books, so we're definitely going to be signing. We need to sign another striker, so that's got to be, surely, one of his priorities.
0: Yeah, I think we need one in before Saturday, in all honesty, and and I've seen some rumours knocking around this week about James Allaby, I think his name is, he's a Chester City striker. Um, He scored quite a few goals this season, he scored another couple yesterday, and he's Someone Hurst's worked with before at Chester, uh, Chester at Grimsby. So you know that's one of the names that I've seen out there. I've seen Mark Almond as well, who's another ex Grimsby lad that's been been mentioned. And there's another guy at Chesterfield, I think, is another ex Grimsby lad that's been mentioned. I can't remember then his name though. But um, there's a theme here. Yeah. Well, as we said last week, didn't we? He's going to go and going to find the players he trusts to come in and just do the job he wants to do. So I wouldn't be surprised to see all the next few signings be ex Grimsby players. But we we'll, we'll have to see what the what the club can do on it. So, other than that, really, there is not much much more news. Really, we haven't signed any other players since, since Sunday, Saturday when we played. So, um, the only real other thing we were going to cover in Startup news was you remember last week, Ollie? We were talking about our home form, weren't we? And we both said, "Oh, we will we'll look into it and just see how bad our home form has been in League One since we since we came up into Graham Turner." So, this week, Ollie, I managed to find a little bit of time during one of my lunch breaks and, and had a look. And I thought I, I sort of shared it on on Twitter before, but it's probably just worth talking about on the podcast because it's it is interesting when we talk about things like negativity and fans dropping away and being difficult to play at home and and the poor home atmospheres. I think all of this points to this, this statistics that we're going to read out now because since we came into League One under Graham Turner, we played 81 home games in League One. We've won 23, drawn 22 and lost 36. So that means at home, we've only accrued 91 points out of 243 in League One at home, which is an absolutely dreadful statistic, isn't it, in all seriousness? Yep. That is poor. It's pretty poor, and that makes it about a point a game, basically. So we're in, on average across those eighty-one games, we've, we've basically drawn every one of them if you look if on average. But then we, I'd look at the managers, and actually, Hurst, considering he's won, he's won two of his first four home games, is, is that's actually way better than the average home form. So if he keeps that up, he's going to actually end up, you know, being much better than even Turner, Jackson, and, and Mellon and Coyne when they were managing at home. Because obviously, Coin lost all his games. Mellon basically didn't even get a point a game during his period of time. He 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 had twenty-nine games at home in League One. And lost 16 of them, I only won six in the entire time we were up in that league. So that's it's poor, really poor. Yeah, 0.8 points a game. That is Jackson. Obviously, won two of them, so he actually ends up higher than Mellon. You know, which is random considering how much everyone hated Mike Jackson.
1: And then obviously Turner had
0: the best record. He had he had um, 13 wins out of 37 and 11 draws, 13 wins. So you know, Turner did did know what he was doing in League One, and it's a shame it just went wrong for him, really, didn't it? Right at the end with that, I think we had 10 games at home where we didn't win, so it completely split his record. So. Yeah, it was just quite interesting. It really puts into context how bad we were under Mickey Mellon at home in League One, and and when you look at things like that, it just it just it just gives you the idea as to why all the things we've talked about in the last few weeks about this podcast being a little bit negative and how the fan base is feeling. And as much as we can talk on behalf of the fans, I think that gives you a very good idea of the, of the problems we've had at home.
1: It does, and obviously the majority of fans go to um, go to um, the home games, and we had a good, decent following again, a couple of hundred, wasn't it, um, at Swindon and. We do have a good following for the size of the club, yep. but yeah, home tendencies are declining and it's no surprise, yeah, six at home in under Mellon, um, 29. and if, what did he have, um, he had, so if, I'm just trying to think of, so he had, what, one and a third season yeah, in League yeah. One, yeah. something like that, so yeah, in that time, he only won six, so six times I drove home from the Mellon. <laughs> with a win it just shows how poor it was yeah you know we had more than didn't we have about six pre-season games to put into context of how that's pretty shocking yeah very very shocking so um yeah and hopefully so yeah there's a bit of a challenge to her sense so if he wins again that means he would have won three in five if we end have a, a fantastic um ratio it so, and that's an interesting one Glenn, that is. yeah it
0: just shows and i think we should give her some credit it's just show that start we've got at home and you know he probably hasn't he's identified that as a problem maybe and and what really been? I think that's why he was so annoyed with losing to Fleetwood, wasn't it? Last weekend, in that you know it could have given us that third win at home. It could have really got things bouncing a little bit and, and people a bit more positive about it. And it was his first loss at home in the league, wasn't it? So had to come at some point. But yeah, we we'll have to see how Hurst gets on at home because that's what's going to keep us up, I think. So there we go. We'll move on anyway from Salop news and we'll go to our predictions, Yeah, Ollie. it's a
1: very nice link. Yes. Yeah, it's a nice link though, just to say that we do have two home games coming up. Yeah, we do. Um, so that's a good link.
0: So we'll go into predictions now. We're going to be doing predictions for the next home game. So we'll move on to that now. Sloppy clearance, ball passing with three minutes to yes! go. So predictions again. Uh last week. Me and Ollie went for very differing results. I, I was negative and <laughs> went for us to lose 2-0. And Ollie was over-positive and went for us to win 2-1. And obviously it was a draw. So it's still 18 points to 16 to ollie Um so we're gonna go Bradford, which is our next home game, Ollie um and they're doing pretty well we have to see knight Percival uh cruising through a game as usual so what are you going Ollie? what's going to be your prediction
1: for oh, um this is a tough one cuz <laughs> yeah they've they've won obviously the last they've won their last two games um in the league and before then they drew with berry won all drew with scunny um, drew away at Warsaw, um drew with charlton so they had quite a few draws before those two wins so obviously they're on a bit of a balance yeah um I really want us to win, but I don't think we're going to win. Um, I'm going to go for a um, two-all draw.
0: I, I was going to go for a draw as well. I was going to go for a one-one draw as well. I think that, you know, we, we, that little bounce we got from the end of this winning game might just be enough to, to nick us a goal somewhere. It's going to be difficult with another suspension and still players out injured and it's all going to depend on if we bring another another player or two in over the week. So we're recording this on Sunday, so we're always a little bit unsighted by that. But yeah, I'm going to go for one-one, go I think. And... and I think we'd probably be quite happy with the point, um, but we're going to need to start winning some games soon. But maybe this week's not the time to start. So there we go. That's our predictions, Ollie, I think, for the, for the week. And that might wrap up a slightly short podcast, um, unless you've got anything else you want to say.
1: Than last week's mammoth one, yeah, yeah no, it was, it was just thanks to those who listened to the last podcast. So it was really um, nice to yeah, we obviously had a bit of a break, um, and we do see, don't we, if we have a bit of a break, the and the number of listens do jump up. So yeah. thanks to everyone who listened and all the comments we got. So yeah, it was a very a high number of listens actually, about four hundred we got. So that was fantastic. So thanks to everyone that listens and thanks to the guys that send us questions and comments on Twitter. So if you do want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Salapcast on Twitter, and um, yeah, it's a it's a quite a good sometimes there's has quite a good debates. There during or after the games with different fans and stuff on there, so it's a good place to if you want to have a debate with um, fans and stuff. It's a good place to discuss salop after games.
0: Yeah, it gives us an idea of what other people are thinking because we don't we don't always agree with and, and say and think the same things as everybody else. So it's just nice to get other people's viewpoints and and sometimes be able to to sort of bring those to the rest of the fan base as well. So yeah, thanks for everyone. It was well received last weekend. Obviously, we had, went went a bit off on a on on a bit not ranty, but just some fair comments about the football club. I think, and it's nice not to have to say anything about that this week, Ollie. It's not like a lot of those issues have yeah. gone away, but there's been no real issues this week. Have sort of Brian hasn't done a video, has he? No, exactly. <laughs> but it's a Sports Parliament this I uh, should say, really, if anyone's listening to this on before Tuesday, we've got a Sports Parliament meeting at 7 o'clock at the Prince of Wales this Tuesday, and Brian should be in attendance. He's been invited. We don't know if he's actually coming yet. Maybe he thinks it's a bit into the lion's den, but I don't think it'll be like that. But, um, yeah, if anyone everyone wants to get involved and come along and, and meet some other fans and say what you think about the football club and ways they can improve or even things they do well that they should be doing, you know, they can work on, then... That's what the sports department's all about. It's open to everyone. So yeah, Tuesday night, um, it'll be on and we'll bring some little sort of snippets in the next podcast about that, Ollie, I think.
1: Yeah, so I take it you'll go in?
0: I'm in Manchester from eating until four, so I'm going to try and rush back. If I get stuck in traffic, I won't be there. But It's
1: funny you're in Manchester. I'm in Manchester as well on Tuesday. you got the Cakes factory, um, Ollie. I- yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to this. And this has winds you up a lot. So, yeah, I work for United Biscuits. And I've got a good... So, when the Carlisle flood happened last year, um, I went all over the world, went to Canada and South Africa and loads of different places to get biscuits for people. <laughs> um, and I went with a guy who's a technical manager, manages loads of guys in carlisle and Tolcross cross and manchester and he's offered to take me in my team round wow. so yeah i'm going to be in jaffa cakes hot off the line and um, bis- biscuits hot off the line are pretty nice so um, <laughs> yeah I'll, that's what i'll be doing on um on tuesday should, eating jaffa
0: cakes should just say the reason that annoys me is i have a borderline addiction to jaffa cakes so there you go <laughs> it's, it's like my <laughs> ultimate dream but i'll try and bring you a pack Lynn. You i'll go. try and bring you a pack. that would be that'd be good Ollie. all right well anyway enjoy your trip to, to manchester and the jaffa cakes factory and we shall Catch up next week after we've uh, after we've watched the uh, Bradford game, and we shall see where she's going be heading then. So, cheers for this week, Collie, and cheers for everyone for listening. And uh, see you next week.
1: Cheers. Oh, one, two,